we've been in this series called Summer What? Summer Vocation. And this whole idea of vocation is not haphazard. It's calling something out into being, naming something. And what we've been doing the last couple of weeks is how, what if we called something into our summer, called our summer into being? And we started with our 100 days initiative. And what, is, what would that look like to know our neighbor, to love our neighbor, to serve our neighbor? Um, last week, uh, it was amazing just to hear, the, I think, the, the necessity for this, the message of rest and, and how the scriptures call us to rest, how God actually commands us to rest and, and what that looks like. If you missed the last couple of weeks, please go back to our podcast and listen. Um, today we want to highlight something that I think is so important for all of us, not only as we look into the summer, but, um, but even, just, even just for our lives. And, um, and believe it or not, the scriptures have something to say about this. The, the people most close to us so often, you know, like as a church, we can think about mission and the world and our neighbors. And obviously we look inward. Next week, we're, I'm excited to end our series talking about renewal and really our relationship with the Lord. So don't miss next week as we finish our series off focusing on our relationship with God. But this week, we want to talk about our other relationships or the closest relationships we have. Before we do that, I want to take a look at the screen because there's um, uh, an athlete named Daniel Murphy uh, who has a short little interview. And it's this choice that he had at a certain season of his life um, between really his platform, his career, and some of the closest people in his life. So take a look at the screen, and then I'll, I'll continue. When I saw that uh, story, it just kind of, you know, confronted me with this idea, the tension we often have in our lives, like when something so important takes place personally, and yet we have these other priorities. And probably, I mean, I guess Murphy could have rationalized maybe, Maybe his wife would have supported that decision. Maybe people, you know, maybe no one would have faulted him for it. Who knows? But when I, when I heard the story, it just led me to this question. Do we see the people in our lives as part of our vocation, as part of our calling? And I think for him, it was just a real, you know, confronting decision. Uh, you know, here's opening day and, you know, Major League Baseball, the birth of my child. I'm sure... Anyone would say the birth of a child is more important. But imagine the, the tension uh, with someone with that kind of platform or that kind of job on that day. And, and when we think about our vocation, do we see the people in our lives as part of our calling? As part of like what, what and who we're called to be? Because vocation is to summon this particular state or course of action, right? And the word vocate is to name something, to call something, to live into a part of your life with a sense of calling. And, and here's my question today as we jump into this, into this theme. And I think it's a theme we sometimes ignore or uh, maybe make too familiar. But this, do you feel called to the people in your life? Like not necessarily just your neighbor's which is an important theme we discussed two weeks ago, but family, friends, your faith community. And as we think about this idea of our vocation to the people in our lives, this is just a question I want to ask right from the beginning, and we're going to end trying to answer it as well. Who will you invest in this summer? Who will you invest in this summer? We looked uh, in this series, Jesus' Command, from Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus says, he replies to this conversation with a teacher of the law, asking what's the greatest commandment, right? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your 
mind, sorry, with all your soul and with all your mind. I'm excited to teach this next week. Verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus lived these two out fully. He lived out what it meant to fully love God in obedience, in sacrifice, in surrendering to his will. He lived out what it meant to love people, the people around him, the crowds, his compassion for people, him going to the cross. But I always find this amazing in Jesus' story. It did not stop him. Though he loved God with all his heart and he lived it out, though he loved his neighbor as himself and he served and, and went to the cross for all of humanity, he still invested in, loved, and cared for the people closest to him. If we kind of list these three things, love, love God, love neighbor, love yourself, and we've been exploring this for the last couple of weeks, I think there's a tension between loving God and loving neighbor. And when we think of the tension, I think it's the inner circles in our lives. Because loving God can seem like such an amazing calling, such a, you know, a divine calling, such a sense like, oh, I'm loving God. And the scripture calls us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And even as Gabriella prayed, this sense of knowing God's love for us. And so that is such a huge thing. And then loving our neighbor is so important, right? Jesus calls us to love the least of these. But I think there's this temptation in the middle of those two, because they're so big, to miss this circle. I think there's, there's sometimes a temptation in the middle of loving God with everything we have, which is a surrender of our hearts and our lives, and loving our neighbors, which is this call to mission and to care for others around us. Often we see that, especially with the story of the Good Samaritan who, who served someone he didn't even know. We, we feel called to that, and that's so vital. But then sometimes we miss this inner circle of the people that are closest to us, our family, our friends, even people in our church community. See, see, there's a little bit of a, not a negative side, but a negative twist that we can sometimes even put on those two, loving God and loving neighbor, because loving God and loving neighbor, you can write books about that. You can have a, a press release about loving your neighbor. You can have a platform for what it means to love your neighbor. Uh, Mother Teresa is very popular for a good reason. She gave her whole life to loving her neighbor. And there's people and preachers and teachers who, who write about loving God, and, and it's so vital. And, and so, but the temptation, and maybe the negative side of it, is that that kind of stuff can get press. That kind of stuff can, we can even be applauded for. Oh, look how they love their neighbor. Look how they care for this person. Look how much they love God. But in between loving God and loving our neighbor, there's this inner circle of loving the people closest to us. Ordinary people, which usually never gets press which usually never has a platform, which often requires uh, just a slow faithfulness, a slow, faithful commitment that doesn't seem as attractive. Do you pick up a magazine on the rack about someone, you know, about a dad who just like every day just reads a story to their kids or a mom who combs her daughter's hair or a dad who throws a ball with his son or someone who teaches nursery at their church? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you pick up a, like would Vogue magazine or Vanity Fair or Men's Health kind of showcase that story? They normally don't. They're ordinary stories of ordinary people with a slow faithfulness. No one's going to write a stories about, unfortunately, about the people who put the chairs away today. It's a slow faithfulness. It's a, it's a subtle commitment 
But I want, I want us to consider today, as we consider this whole idea of our summer vocation, this part of our vocation, our calling, to love, to love this small circle in our lives. That what would, what would it mean over the next hundred days in our summer? What about this smaller circle in our life that doesn't often get the press that the other circles might get? And you might think, like, isn't this diverging from what Jesus says, loving God and loving neighbor? I want to read uh, John 15, verse 12. We're going to go through just a few verses today and not go too deep in, in, in any of them necessarily, but kind of try and put them together. John 15, verse 12. Jesus says, my command is this, and he's speaking to his disciples. Love each other as I have loved you. He's called them to love their neighbor. He's called them to love God. But here he says, love each other as I have loved you. Here's this command to love one another. And it assumes when you say love each other, it normally assumes you know the person. If someone says to me and Enzo, love each other, care for each other, we're going to hang out together and chat. It, it assumes we know each other. If someone says care for one another, they're assuming you know the other person and you talk with them. It's not just somebody else. It's not just a need in the neighborhood. It's not just a, a need in, in society. It's somebody you know. And Jesus is saying, love each other, speaking to his disciples in their, in their community, in the relationships that they have with one another. So it's not a random person. And it assumes those closest to you. In this context, it's, it's God's family. He's talking to the disciples and he's speaking about them. He's saying, you love each other. Love one another. John understood how deeply this is connected to loving God. In one of his later books, he says this in 1 John chapter 4. He says, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. Here's, you know, this clear call. You can't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and not love the people closest to you and not love your community, your disciple community, your family, your friends. And so, that, so today I want to just kind of, it seems so simple but often forgotten, these three inner circles in our lives that can get missed. And the first one is, the first circle is family. First circle is family. First Timothy chapter five, as, Timothy, as Paul writes to Timothy, He's, he's writing to this context of what's going on in, in the community Timothy is serving in. And, and he says this, if a widow has children or grandchildren, because let me just pause here, the widow in their society had no help. The widow in their society had no social net. So often the church community came around them. In fact, Acts chapter 6 talks about how the church loved and served and cared for widows, both Greek and Hebrew widows. But here, Paul says, if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Notice what he says. To put their religion, their faith, their life in Christ, into practice by caring for their own family. Somehow, even in the, the midst of like the, the amazing call we have to love God and love our neighbor, here in the middle of this, there's this understanding. Now, it, the, Paul's dealing with an issue here, but we can kind of take this out of this issue and realize, hey, there's an important call to love your family. Paul is saying, if this person has family, why aren't they loving them? Why aren't they caring for them? Why aren't they supporting them? 
In that context, it was so necessary because there was no other services, no other help. But the principle's there. Are we loving our family? Are we caring for those around us? So here's this question for you with your family. It's really simple. But if we're going to unpack this summer vocation, just to ask this question, how will you invest in your family? In a sense, once September rolls around, will your family be closer? Will your family know each other better? Will, will your family love one another more? Well, maybe you're going to have arguments. Who doesn't have arguments in the summer? Who doesn't have arguments with families? Um, we're a loud family. So if people come in that aren't loud and then they hear us, sometimes they think we're mad at each other, but it's just normal talk. Um, but, but ask yourself this question. How will you invest in your family? What if, what if God would nudge you this morning and say, will you invest in your brother this summer? Will you invest in your sister this summer? Will you invest in your mom this summer? Your niece? What if, what if, if you're married and, and, and over the summer your marriage grew more intimately? That's part of what it means to invest. Will those you call family be closer to you in 100 days or further apart? And that's not like a, too much of a huge expectation, like, oh my goodness, another thing to add to my plate. But it's that in the context of summer, in the context of this season, if we're called to love God and love neighbor and love ourselves, in the middle of that, there's this sense of sometimes we miss the inner circle, the smaller circles, including those closest to us. How easy it is to neglect them, check this out, for the praise of work, for the praise of charity, for the praise of something else. Like that athlete, I don't think anybody would have knocked him for figuring out a way to make opening day. I think some, maybe it would have gone unnoticed. Maybe it would have gone unnoticed. His wife might have been upset. But I bet you maybe other people wouldn't have noticed. But yet there's this value to say, who am I called to? Who are the people in my life I'm called to? I always love uh, you know, hearing Mike Nardoza talk about his summers as a teacher and, and uh, opening up their garage door and just saying like, hey, these next seven weeks, I'm going to invest in my kids. And of course, as a default and an overflow of that, there was five or six or seven other kids on their driveway over the summer. That the garage door was always open, that, that as a family, they said, we are going to invest. Mike had the privilege of teaching, so had a few more weeks off in the summer. But it was this posture. It was this mentality like, hey, the summer is going to go by. Will I be closer by the end of it? Will our family be closer? Will, my, will I be able to invest in my boys over the next two months? And, and that didn't stop Mike or probably others when they have that mentality. It didn't stop them from serving others or loving others or growing their relationship with God. But it was like, hey, there's this smaller circle that I'm called to in my life. Will I invest in them? It's amazing that even church leadership in 1 Timothy chapter 3, when Paul talks about the requirements of church leadership, one of the requirements is, do they manage their family well? Do they love their family? Do they care for those closest to them? So will you invest in your family? Here's a second set of circles. It's, it's our friends. Jesus, uh, Jesus says in John 15 verse 13, just later on, he says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. As he's speaking to his disciples, he is helping them understand the importance of intentionally being present and caring for your friends. Jesus had friends. His disciples were his friends. Jesus didn't just reach the crowds. Jesus didn't just heal the sick. 
Jesus didn't just raise people from the dead. Jesus didn't just tell his disciples, go and serve everybody else. Jesus says how great it is for someone to sacrifice for their friends. To, to feel called to this smaller circle in their life of those whom they call friends. His point was love your friends and love them well. Jesus died for the world, but he equally died for those 12 disciples. Jesus died for the world, but he spent time with those 12. Why did he choose them? So many reasons why he chose them. So many reasons why he called them out. He called them out to be fishers of men or to, you know, to, to share the gospel with people. He called them out uh, you know, to go out and do what he did, uh, to heal and preach and teach. He called them to make disciples. But Mark, at the beginning of his gospel, says this little line, Jesus chose them to be with him. Is that interesting? Jesus chose them to be with him. Jesus was creating a friendship circle and he was present with his friends. Jesus even had an inner circle of three that he hung out with even more. That the three disciples that he spent more time with. See, we're not called to do life alone. God has wired us for friendship. God has wired us for a sense of community. God has wired us to to, 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 to pay attention to the few people in our lives we call friends. Our friendship blesses others, but it also benefits us because as we serve our friends, as we love our friends, we grow. We understand life when that happens. Life is better in friendship. So here's the question. Which friendship will you invest in this summer? Which friendship will you invest in? Who will you invest in? What friendships will get stronger what friendships will develop this summer? Who, is, is there someone God's putting on your mind that's one of your friends? Not necessarily a new person or not necessarily a neighbor. We know we're called to do that. But is there someone, in, you know, a friend of yours that you, you are friends with them and God is saying, hey, you haven't, you haven't poured into this relationship. Maybe it's a, it could be a new friend or a developing friendship. But it, and imagine what, that, what will happen after that. I have, I have seen seasons of life where people intentionally invested in a friendship and it, it created a lifetime, a lifetime of rewards, a lifetime of relationship, a lifetime of support, a lifetime of joy. So which friend will you invest in this summer? Here's the third one. And it's this idea of a faith community. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Peter says this, love the family of believers. I know, like, you, some of you may be thinking, I come to church, but I don't love the people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know, I remember someone saying something like, I love ministry, it's just people I can't handle. Uh, I don't feel that way, but I've heard some people say that, and I say, well, just leave, do something else, you know? But here's Peter saying, love the family of believers. Here's this other small circle in your life that's not necessarily your neighbor, not necessarily across the street or across the world, that, that, that Peter is helping us understand. Love the family of believers. There's over a hundred references in the New Testament that says this little phrase, one another. It's love one another, care for one another, bear with one another, pray for one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another. Multiple angles for what it means to love the family of believers. That we as a church community, like we're, we can't love the whole world family of believers, but we can learn to love each other. We can learn to care for each other. 
And I would say that part of your vocation, part of my vocation, when it comes to loving those closest to us, is investing in the family of believers. To invest in one another. Maybe to invest in a few people. And to ask this question again for this summer. Who will I invest in? Who will I grow closer with? Who will I encourage this summer as part of my vocation? Not outside the church. Think about it. Inside the church. There's a whole season where you have an opportunity to nurture a relationship or grow deeper with or encourage someone within the church. And, and, and I know, like, there's church at home, there's vacation, there's weekends away, and you might think, like, you know, a lot of people just check out sometimes and think, like, oh, I'm just going to check out from community. Maybe I'll show up once or twice. I'll leave right away because I got something else to do. And then a whole two months or three months go by, and there's no investment in the family of believers. I don't know about you, but if I kind of, like, left home for two months and never came back, and never didn't talk to my kids or my wife, I'd probably walk through the door and they, they might say, nice to have you back, but like, who are you? Right? Because I, I didn't pay any attention. And, and, and I think sometimes we, we miss this with a, as a church community. We're called to invest in one another. So here, here's, the, here's the thing. Despite your schedule, whatever that might look like this summer, it's going to look different for sure. How will you invest in this community this summer relationally? In other words, in the next hundred days, I will get to know this person. I will nurture this relationship with this person. I've been meaning to get together with this person. There's other ways to do that. Church at home is a great way to do that because you end up getting together with a smaller group of people that is not everybody. You can't talk to everybody in the coffee break. I like hit one or two people at the most. And then it's it. At the end of the gathering, another two or three people, and that's it. But when you, uh, you know, can join with a, with a few people, whether you can go all month or a few of the weeks and jump into church at home, all of a sudden you're building a relationship. You're saying, I'm learning to love the family of believers. I'm growing with this. Now, I'm going to be honest here. Here's, there's this, I had this conversation with someone in the church, and they were newer to Westside, here for about a year, year and a half, and they very hospitable people that love inviting people over. And they were honest with me. They said, you know, and I've often heard this, from, especially from people who have the gift of hospitality. And I understand, not all of us have the gift of hospitality, but some do. But I've heard this sometimes, saying, like, I've had several people over from church. I've tried my best to connect but I, I don't feel like the invitation is reciprocal. And I feel so, I don't know what to say when somebody tells me that. You know, and sometimes I say like, you're just so hospitable because it's true. And maybe others just don't know how to do that well. But between the, between the I don't know how to do that well and I'm not paying attention, there's like a middle ground somewhere where somehow we can ask the question, how are we loving the family of believers when the scriptures talk about hospitality? Someone was asking me about a church at home group and we were just saying, well, maybe, and they were asking, is there other ways? And I said, well, you can meet in a coffee shop. Oh yeah, you can? Yeah, you can meet in a coffee shop. One of our groups are meeting in a park. And it's like, oh, you don't need a home? I don't have to like make coffee? No, you don't have to. You know, like there's other ways to love the family of believers and be hospitable besides that. Amen. Look at that. It's good. It's good. And so not everybody's an awesome cook and not everybody is so detailed in figuring out how to get their house ready. And some people are overworked or whatever. Some people say I'm stuck, but I think there's a medium middle ground here where we can learn to love the family of believers. 
I'm going to ask the band to come up as we wrap up. I was at our church, at our picnic in the park a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one of the families that came, we, we, or one of the guys, we were talking and, and uh, on the way out. And it was a day where like, it rained like everywhere else but DDO. And I get it. I heard of people who were like in their car driving and it was pouring and they turned back. And, and so we, had, we still had a great time. Um, we had a little bit less people, but a great time. And one of the guys that was there, you know, he told me on the way out as we were done. And I said, hey, like, you must have been tired this week. I know, like, your schedule. And he said, yeah. He goes, but you know what? I said, I realized that if I would have stayed home today and, I, you know, we just would have done this, this, or that, I really needed this. And I thought, I heard him say that. And I thought, Here's, this was an intentionality on his part realizing I could sit here. Now, sometimes it's very valid to stay home, no problem. But what I sensed is in his morning was I can sit here and escape from the world or I can intentionally engage. And after intentionally engaging, he's like, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I pursued to love the family of believers. There was something that came out of that. So as we wrap up today, two things I want to do. And the first one is this. I'm going to give you, this is going to be like practical, okay? This is like when you get to do something yourself, not just listen to me, okay? I want you to either, you know, either on your phone or a piece of paper, or if you don't have any of that, you can do it mentally, to take literally 60 to 90 seconds and be quiet before the Lord and ask yourself this question or ask the Lord this question, who can I invest in? this summer and and literally say lord is there and think of the three the three circles we mentioned family friends faith community it might be it might be one in each god might just put a name of someone in your family could be a niece or a nephew it could be your son or daughter it could be a mom it could be an aunt whatever and 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 god might be saying just plop their names in your in your head and say i'm going to invest in them this summer i'm going to intentionally reach out to them this summer I'm going to pour into our relationship this summer. Maybe it's someone that you guys can start as we continue this. Maybe, maybe it's someone that had, like, you've had some conflict with lately. Who knows? But maybe not. And just ask the Lord, who will I invest in? And then think about your circle of friends. Maybe you're struggling in that area with friendships. And you're thinking, oh, maybe I, I need to reach out and build, continue building this friendship. Maybe it's in the family of believers. Peter says, love the family of believers. Is there a person God maybe is putting on your heart around this? So I'm going to give you just a minute or two. And literally, it's okay if you you feel like, oh, I'm going to take my phone out and write this name down or write an idea down and, and just bring this before the Lord and make like just make a step forward in doing that, okay? So just take a, a minute or so to do that. soon as you have a name or two, I'm just going to invite you to stand as a way of committing this to the Lord. And so if you have a name or two or three in your heart, in one of those circles or all of those circles, just to stand as a commitment towards that. And we're going to bring this to the Lord together. God, as you've we've just kind of opened our hearts to you and you've, we've invited you to speak. Help us reflect. Help us identify one of these small circles in our lives that we can maybe at times neglect. 
Or maybe there's just someone in one of those circles that you're calling us to grow deeper with, be a blessing to, learn from, grow with. So we commit this to you, God. And I pray you would bless our step into these relationships. As you call us to love and sacrifice for our friends, as you call us to care and serve and love our families, as you call us to love the family of believers. We trust with that, God. Amen. And here's the second thing I'm going to ask you to do. You can all stand because we're going to, we're going to wrap this up with this. We've left um, cards on the table here and here and in the back. And they're blank cards. And, uh, and I thought, how, what, you know, so often we think of this stuff, God puts something in our mind, and we just kind of let it go. And um, so today what I want you to do is, these cards are specifically, what you just did now is for like these specific, these small circles in your life, you need to invest in that over the summer. But these cards are for people that you feel you have missed in our church community. Maybe it's been the last month, the last two months, maybe it's been this season, maybe it's even a year. You're like, I haven't seen this person in a year. And so what we want you to do is over the next couple of minutes, as we wrap our gathering up is to who is that person? Who is that person? And who, who's on your heart? And you know, it's a, it's a simple, simple thing like thinking of you, just letting them know you're thinking of them. And it's so easy, especially as our church community grows, that people fall through the cracks. And I know, I know the good intention of so many of us because I hear the conversation, Dave, I haven't seen this person. What's happening with them? They come to mind and then I forget and I've meant to call them and, and what do you think? And I'm like, give them a shout, you know, send them an email, whatever. And then something happens and work happens and family happens and, and I get it. You know, these things kind of fall through the cracks. And so we're going to give you an opportunity as we close this morning to just be tangibly intentional and act on this. Um, so let's, so as, as the band plays this, um, I, I want you to be thinking about this and coming to take one of these pieces of paper. If you're not ready for that and you need some time, just think through it, pray through it, sing the song with us, uh, and we want to we wanna close in this way. And let me, let me share this really brief story. Last week, we had a couple come to our church. They're from uh, down south in Texas, and they visited us. They ended up meeting my wife at work. And this couple just showed up. They met my wife at work. They're looking to be present in a community um, in the city when they're here. And they showed up, and um, we couldn't hang out with them later. They met a, a family during the break. They went out for lunch, hung out with that family. I heard how blessed that, that lunch was and that family was that got a chance to meet this couple from Texas. And it just made me realize this. And I was telling my son this this week. And I said, Andrew, this happened on Sunday with this couple. They didn't know anybody in our church. But when you grow in Christ, something shifts in you, and you can be used in any opportunity to bless the family of believers. And this family showed up on a Sunday morning, and I, and I, I didn't talk to them. I don't even know if this was there. They would verbalize this, but I bet you this is what happened. They said, God, whatever. We're ready. How do you want to use us today? And they ended up hanging out for lunch with someone they never met before. They met them on the break and they blessed them. They encouraged them. They affirmed them. That's what happens as we grow in faith. God can use us in such a beautiful way to impact one another. So let's sing this song, Good Father, and I'll give you a chance uh, to take some note cards to write. Now, here's the thing. Write the person's name on the envelope. We will mail it. It's very likely we have them in our database. Write the note. 
put it in, write their name on the envelope, and we will mail it for you, okay? That's the deal. If you're, if you're doubtful that we have their address, put your name in the back of the envelope, and then we will reach you and make sure we can figure out a way to get this person's address. But we want to make it spontaneous and surprising. So just put their name on the front of the envelope once you're finished. All right? Let's sing this song as, as we get a chance to fulfill this and uh, to come out and fill some cards in the front or in the back. Go for it, guys. Lead us. Lord, as we come to the close of this day, we thank you so much for your love and your grace as we just sung of how good a father you are to us. As we see the model of Jesus in loving you and loving others and how Jesus loved those closest to him. God, we, we give ourselves to you. Would you propel us into this vocation of investing in those closest to us? Um, and God, if there's somebody a name, a face that comes to mind even right now. Uh, Lord, would we just act on that? Write out a card for them. Bless them. Pray for them. Remind them that they are thought of, cared for, loved, missed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.